Hey, everybody, it's Andrea. Before we start today's show, I have a super quick announcement to share with you. In May, my College to Career Academy will hold a series of live weekend boot camps to help graduating seniors as well as juniors who are confused about what jobs and careers they might want to pursue when they graduate. So imagine going from confused to confident with at least three different career options you'd be psyched to explore by the end of day one of the boot camp, and then learning the tools, tactics, and the strategies to find those jobs by the end of day two. The boot camp is live, and it's led by me over Zoom, and you can learn more about it at College to Career Academy. That's college, the number two, career dot academy. Or you can just look me up on LinkedIn and check out the featured section of my LinkedIn page. I can't imagine a better graduation gift for the college students in your life. Thanks so much for listening, and I know you're going to enjoy my next incredible guest. Hi there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in learning more about the field of copywriting, then this is the episode for you because my next guest has logged 14 years as a copywriter with a special focus on recruiting and human resources. But before I introduce you to Katrina Kibben, the CEO of Three Ears Media, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's newsletter that showcases upcoming guests on T4C, as well as features career advice, insights, and inspiration. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign up box is right there. Now, my job-seeking Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Katrina Kibben, the CEO of Three Ears Media, a company of writing coaches for recruiters. Katrina and their team take a high-energy, humorous, and non-traditional approach to teach global recruiting teams how to write job postings like humans who care about how much a job can change someone's life. Katrina grew up traveling all over the world as an army brat. They've worked as a social media ninja, a technical copywriter, as well as a director, actually a CMO of marketing, and the managing editor of a recruiting news site called RecruitingDaily.com. Katrina is a storyteller, a public speaker, a tactical problem solver with a curious mind, and they're also a data nerd who works works to craft messages that strategically improve the perceptions and experiences of their recruiting clients in order to meet the needs of the recruiting and employer branding problems of today's global employers. Katrina identifies with they and them, and I want to welcome you, Katrina, to Time for Coffee. Are you still caffeinated and ready to go? 
Always, always. Yay. I'm so excited to hear that because I do actually have guests that come on T4C and tell me that they don't drink coffee. I mean, how is that even possible? You know, as a copywriter, I really don't know that I would survive without a little <laughs> caffeine dose from now and then. <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to congratulate you because Three Ears Media just celebrated its third anniversary. Thank you so much. Honestly, that kind of brings tears to my eyes every time I say it because I never dreamed what it would become. And here we are. I love that. I love that about life. And that actually is one of the through lines that Java junkies get to hear when they tune in to learn about different professions and are exposed to different guests, because none of us could predict where we would be when we were in college. So before we get into what you're doing now, Katrina, and what you were doing and studying back in school, I thought maybe we could begin with just a quick overview of the difference between recruiting and human resources because they're not synonymous. They actually have different functions. Yes. And I know so many people just think of it as one big bucket and we end up taking it all out on HR and we shouldn't. So how I think of it is that recruiting is often a separate team from HR and recruiting does the outreach. They get handed a pile of job postings. They have conversations with hiring managers and then they translate that into a search strategy to create what they call a slate, which is a short list of candidates who are qualified. They'll complete complete that slate using applications by going out and looking on sites like LinkedIn. Now, here's where the lines get blurred. In small companies, HR and recruiting are one thing. HR handles it all. Typically, there's one recruiter that reports to a VP of HR. In a very large company, HR is very separate because HR is almost the legal function of hiring. They make sure that you have benefits, that your 401k is all set up, and that legally you are an employee and that we've met all standards that are provided both by your state and federally to make sure that you're safe and that that workplace is a place where everyone can thrive. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. Thanks for that. On Three Years Media website, you say every recruiting and HR team needs access to talented writers. We have an essential story to tell, the story of work. Why does every recruiting and HR team need access to talented writers? What's the problem they're facing, Katrina? Well, I think the first layer is the fact that hiring is hard. And I know that that sounds like a Well, duh, of course, hiring (laughs) is hard. But the reason hiring is hard is not very obvious. The reason it's hard is because there are a million variables we do not control, right? So we don't control if this person is waiting on a bonus to clear. We don't control if this person's child is about to graduate high school and they can't relocate. I can go on and on about all of those variables. But the one variable we control is how we ask how we tell people about the story. And that comes down to writing. And so ultimately, if you want to make hiring less hard, you have to control the one variable you can. And it's what we say. Ultimately, job postings are how we ask. They're the currency of recruiting. You cannot hire or fire without them. Yet, I have traveled the world at this point. I've taught how to write job postings in 27 countries. And I have met maybe 27 people who have actually been taught to write a job which is insane to me. So could you please 
break it down for us. What are the essential ingredients in a really good job posting? I think the overarching elements are clarity and the truth. We need to stop overselling work or trying to make it sound really special when it's not. When it's just what it is, it's a job that we're describing and we need to give people a realistic baseline of what to expect to allow them to understand. And so a realistic baseline includes three things. One, it tells people the impact of their work. Why are you here? We don't just put people in a company for fun, right? They're, they are there to drive a revenue, to serve a customer, Tell them what that is. Number two, it describes everyday tasks explicitly. None of this collaborate with team members. No, it is input output. What do you do? What does it cause? And the last piece is the part that's missing from most postings. And it's to thrive in this role, you absolutely must know the following things or you must have completed the following tasks before. And I think the reason that last piece isn't there isn't a lack of want. It's a lack of knowledge. Most hiring managers do not have clarity on what they're really looking for. And so, and they're not having great conversations with recruiters that help them clarify that in the first place. So they don't write it down. So how do you and your team actually help recruiters and HR teams tell the story of work? I think the first thing, and I tell everyone, this is our competitive advantage and it's our hiring manager intake. We ask different questions. Look, if you ask someone for a list, they'll give you a list. If you ask someone to tell you a story, they'll tell you a story. So if you want the story of work, you need to ask different questions. So we do a lot of hiring manager intake and inevitably, right, we're copywriters for recruiting. People love that we exist. So we do a lot of the work ourselves. They call us, they want a library of jobs, and then they want their team to be able to write those jobs. So we come in and teach them everything from the hiring manager intake to how to research a job title. And we have people practice inevitably. And I'm kind of giving away some secret sauce here, but truly I just teach people to write down what they would say instead of thinking so hard somewhere. I don't know where, but a lot of people got a block between their brain and their hands. And someone told them they couldn't just write down what they think. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it does. Right. But people really do. They think so hard. And I'm like, tell me what you would say to me if we were having a conversation. And often that's exactly what needs to be written down. And I do training so I can remind them to just write it down. How can job seekers know, Katrina, especially young job seekers, college students who are looking to dip their toe into the real world, if they're reading a good or bad job posting? And what are the common red flags they need to watch out for? I think there should be some element of universal language. You're very clear on what they mean when they say work with a team to create a database of new customers, right? You should know what that means and be a little excited about doing that work. I think there's another layer that you should always look out for as far as biases. So if it says this is an entry-level role. We're looking for a new grad. And then all of a sudden, they start layering in three to five years of experience, and it doesn't even seem realistic. You have to understand that that is a portrayal of their culture. Maybe the job posting is accurate, but these job postings, whether they know it or not, are reflections. They're, they are your little peephole into this company. And if they make you feel a certain thing, if they make they trigger something in you, know that that is a warning sign, not a, a fault on your part. 
there's nothing wrong with you that's real. And so what I would say is, one, you read for your own understanding, read for your own reaction, maybe ask a friend to read it and tell and ask them, what do you think this person does every day? And if you're not on the same page, that's probably a red flag. I think I knew this subconsciously, Katrina, but it didn't hit me until I was a lot older. The job titles are all made up. And I know when I was on the market looking for jobs in a variety of industries. There were so many times when I didn't understand what various words in the job posting meant. And I felt like I was supposed to understand them. And it was a failing of mine. But the truth is, I wasn't going to find the answers in a dictionary or by Googling them. So what should job seekers do when that happens to them? Like you said, job titles are completely made up. And I want to reemphasize that. Unless you work in a medical field or a highly licensed field, legitimately at some point, someone decided what your name would be with very little research. So just know that. First and foremost, like you said, you cannot Google it. There is no universal bank of knowledge, etc. But what I would tell you is that if you really want to understand what job titles work for you is to type in the job title you're looking at and the word resume on Google. Hit enter and then go to the image search results and look at those career paths. I find this fascinating. And it's research that you could never get at scale if you went out and asked 100 people because it would be a lot of long conversations. And so what I suggest is you look at what was their first job? What was their second job? Read the description underneath and understand broadly what jobs like that do. Here's the other piece that that can open your eyes to is job titles you've never considered, right? We were talking in our special shots about different titles for entry-level marketing. And I think back and it's like, really, it could be anything. You could be a social media ninja like I was at 22, or you could be a marketing associate. But just look to understand the full scope. And it also informs your search because now you have more job titles that you can search in your area to see if they're a fit for your skills. Love it. What is it about copywriting, Katrina, that has made it such a passion of yours, especially in the recruiting and HR space, so much so that you have described it as your purpose? Well, I spent a lot of time on the other side, right? So I've been a technical copywriter for Fortune 100. I've been a managing editor of a blog about recruiting. I have sat at a recruiting desk. I've sat in an HR technology company and written about technology and how it impacts people. And I ran into a million recruiting problems that I knew could be solved with better communication, but I never ran into another copywriter. It was just weird to me. And I think even deeper than that, there was a moment in my life that really changed how I think about all of this. And it was the moment when I lost my job two days before I bought a house. And if anyone gasped, rightfully so, it scared the hell out of me. I was not expecting it. I was not prepared. Obviously, I was getting ready to write a check for my entire savings. And I remember that moment of panic. I didn't have time to network. I didn't have time to phone three friends and ask for advice. I was about to write a check for my entire savings and I did not know where my next paycheck was coming from. Mm. That was not a formula I was okay with. And so I went online and I looked for a job and I remember feeling so disrespected. I felt hurt. I felt like no one cared about me. And that feeling was replicated over hundreds 
thousands of job postings. This was not one bad employer. And even the stuff that was good wasn't good enough because it didn't give me what I needed, which was actual insight into whether I want to do the work. And so I think something clicked inside of me that made me feel like if anyone listening to this, if anyone in this world remembers what it feels like to be a job seeker, I know, I know in my heart, we would not treat other people like that. We wouldn't. If I know you're at your lowest, how dare I not bring you everything that I think could help you, everything that could change you, because this is not a small choice. You don't wake up in the morning and quit a job. It's a confession when you decide to look for a job, a confession that you're willing to change everything because something's not right in your life. And I will not meet the momentum of a life in change with buzzwords and blah, blah, blah about their future. I want to give them everything. Well, speaking of futures, there is obviously a huge transition that college students go through when they leave behind that world where they've been students for 16 years to transition into the workforce. And I'd like to flash back really quickly to when you were in college. You went to Pennsylvania State University, the Erie campus, and you majored in communications. Did you know what you were going to do with that degree, Katrina, when you graduated? No. God, no. I All right. So when I was a kid, I thought I would be in the army. And then I thought I would be an army doctor. And then I dumped both of those dreams and was like, absolutely not. I thought I'd be a teacher. And then <laughs> my, my next stop was I thought I would work at an ad agency. I wanted to do that like big, I wanted to write Super Bowl ads. I wanted to create, you know, these beautiful campaigns. And I went and worked at an ad agency and I did not enjoy it. I had an internship that gave me that little sample. So when I walked out of college, genuinely, and I say this 100% honestly, I had no idea where I was going. I just started applying. What was your first job and how did you get it? My first job out of college, I worked for a Kaplan tutoring center teaching kids 4 to 14 how to read. Yeah. And I got that job through a very rigorous application process at the main campus of Penn State where they did, you know, two days worth of interviews and you had to sit in your suit and go to a group interview and then go to a classroom interview and then take a test and then go to a one-on-one interview. And at the end of that marathon, they offered me a job. And about 11 months into that job, I taught a little girl named Hope and no, and believe me, I've recognized the irony of this. I taught a little girl named Hope how to read and Hope's dad came in one day and long story short, at one point during our sales conversation, you know, I'm doing the whole pitch and he gives me a weird look and I'm like, what? Because I had no filter. I was 21. And he says to me, you know what? I don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to work for me. I like you. You're smart. Come here on this day and we'll get you set up. I'm not kidding. That man offered me double my salary without ever asking what I was making. He put me with the most incredible mentors that I could I couldn't have asked for better people to work for and with. And he changed my entire life. And if Clint Hyden is listening to this or anyone who knows him, please tell him that I will forever be grateful to him. So was that when you moved to Visual CV? Exactly. He was the founder of Visual CV and he put me on this path of HR and recruiting. He was a founder of a recruiting firm and he believed that we should be online, that resumes should be online. Really? He created the first LinkedIn without the networking component. Incredible. So I'm going to fast forward here. You then moved 
to become a social media ninja at Monster Worldwide. You worked there for about 18 months. You then pivoted to becoming director of marketing. I guess that was the CMO role for a cyber security services company. Is that right? Actually, I had one other pit stop. So I went from monster.com to care.com because it's a very similar model. And there I was able to learn every channel of marketing. And I highly recommend this for every copywriter. You should know how marketing works before you specialize. Because if you do, you will be a better copywriter because you know the technical influence. So I managed everything from direct mail to $20 million TV campaigns. And my next stop from there was that CMO role with the cyber tech company, which was way outside of my realm. And that was really the only sidestep I made outside of the world of HR and recruiting because I came right back. I love <laughs> Yes. Then you worked as managing editor of RecruitingDaily.com, which is a news site for the recruiting industry. And most recently, you worked as a technical copywriter for the employers brands at Randstad, which is a multinational human resource consulting company. Katrina, when you look in the rearview mirror, what is the common thread that you were pulling through each of these jobs? I followed the ideas that I truly believed in. So when I walked into care.com, I knew the value of families having access to care, right? I was an army brat. I can't imagine how often my mother did not have any support as a single mom traveling the world with a little kid. I can't imagine how hard it was for her to find a babysitter she trusted. And so that from that point forward, I knew if I followed incredible ideas, if I followed spaces where I could play and create a case study of my own life, that I would be in the right place. Because I mean, right, you just read off. I was a CMO, a managing editor, and then a technical copywriter. I have never met anyone with that path. Maybe backwards, but not forward. <laughs> <laughs> So two final T4C questions, and these are questions I try to ask all my guests, Katrina. If you could share with us a time in your professional life when you struggled, maybe you even failed or hit a wall, but most important here is how you persevered and if there was a lesson you learned in the process. I created three years of media in two weeks with no planning. I was caregiving for a parent for my mom. And long story short, I had a very big blow up with a manager that was the accumulation of a series of very negative events that should have been warning flags for me. I stayed because it was a good job and I'm air quoting good job, good benefits, good pay, good. It was a remote, right? All the things on paper looked really good, but it made me feel awful. And so after that conflict where a manager said to me, you're not a writer, you have no talent, it changed me. Something snapped. And I remember walking out of that room, looking my mom dead in the eye and saying, I'm quitting this job and I'm starting a company. And she said, no, you're not. (laughs) And two weeks later, I launched Three Years Media. And my lesson there is not to be to allow things to build up. When you see warning signs at work, It is not a good job anymore, no matter what it says on paper. And while I respect and admire balance and you must do what you need to do for your personal life, when you feel and see the warning flags and triggers happening more often than the good stuff is happening, you need to take action. Whether it's creating your own company, 
or applying to another one, take action and change your life because it will only get worse. What an amazing story. Final question. If you could go back to college, back to Penn State University and do it all over again, but based on the wisdom you have right now, what advice would you give yourself? I'd stop trying to live so small. I went through college staying on budget and following the rules and creating the path and all of that's just as made up as every single job title you've ever read. Mm, Wow. Katrina, I want to thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community. I could go on and on. I have a bazillion more questions, but I know you have a hard stop. So I want to let our listeners know that if they want to learn how to break into copywriting, check out show notes to see if Katrina's Espresso Shots episode is already dropped. And if they want to find Katrina, check out threeearsmedia.com. That's three, T-H-R-E-E, media.com. Katrina, you are so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for making time for coffee. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. I'll be back anytime. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.